0: I'm going to invite you to uh, read along with me this morning. Uh, I am going to be reading from a uh, scripture version that perhaps we don't use very often here. It's called the plain English version. I think they're going to put the scriptures. No? You got it. All right, Brett. I, I threw him a curve this morning. I said, hey, Brett, I'm using something that you probably can't get. And that was the plain English version. So um, you can read along with me on the screen then. Um, <clears throat> You're just a quick plug. Today is the first day of the year, so you are not behind in your yearly Bible reading plan, okay? Uh, you can jump on uh, where I found the plain English version, which apparently comes from Wycliffe Bible Translators. I found it on the Version app. And you can go on the Version app and you can read the various translations of the Scripture. Uh, sometimes it gives us a little better idea, maybe, of what uh, the writer intended. The other thing you'll find there are Bible reading plans. Uh, i use that myself. I'm in the midst of a uh, a read through the Bible in a year program, and it tells you every day what scriptures to read. And if you get behind, it kind of reminds you, and you can always catch up. So uh, just kind of a plug there. Put yourself into the scriptures this year. Read the scriptures. Uh, There's no better thing you can do for yourself this year than read the scriptures. So, this is from uh, the plain English version. I'm reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Christian friends, we are now going to tell you about people that have already died. We don't want you to be sad when you think about them. Other people that don't believe in Jesus... They don't know what will happen to them after they die. So when their friends die, they get really sad. But if our Christian friends die, we don't have to be really sad like those other people. Listen, we want you to understand this properly. You see, we believe that Jesus died. And after that, God made him alive again. So we also believe that when Jesus comes back to this earth, all the Christians that already died will come back with him. Jesus will bring them all back with him. You see, this is the message that Jesus, our leader, told us. And we tell this same message to you. Those of us that are still alive when Jesus comes back, we will not go and meet him before the Christians that already died. It will happen like this. Our leader, Jesus himself, will come down from heaven, and while he is coming, everyone will hear him call out, and they will hear the voice of the boss angel, and they will hear the sound of God's trumpet. Then, first of all, those people that belonged to Jesus Christ and already died, they will come back to life. And after that, God will get those of us Christians that are still alive at that time, and he will take us up into the clouds with the Christians that already died, and we will all meet with Jesus, our leader, way up in the air. And so after that, we will be with Jesus all the time, forever. So think about this message, and talk to each other about it, and help each other to stay strong so that you are not sad When your Christian friends die. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. You know, this wasn't the passage that I originally intended to use this morning. Uh, when Pastor Denville first asked me uh, to preach this morning, I thought, well, okay, it's New Year's Day, the first Sunday of the year. Uh, I'll find something that talks about new. And uh, so I went and I was in the Old Testament and I, I found a, a verse and I, if I remember right, it was out of Zephaniah. Um, and I was going to preach about it. It says something about how God is new in every day and, and how God does new things. And it was going to be a great message. And then I lost my notes. <laughs> I cannot find those things anywhere. I mean, I had stuff scribbled on a piece of paper like I usually do. And it was on my desk. And I don't know where it is. And so, uh, you know, I thought, well, what am I going to do? And the Lord led me here. I, I'm not real sure why, except this is a message of hope. And hope is something that we need, especially after 2022, don't we? Paul is writing this letter to the church at Thessalonica <clears throat> to teach them a little bit about uh, about what Jesus taught, a little bit about how to operate in the church, um, And he he comes to a a a part here uh, in the latter part of his uh, letter where he begins to talk about an experience that is common to all of us, and that is the experience of grief. Now, every one of us here have experienced grief at some point or another, and I will guarantee you, I'm sorry but we will experience grief as life goes on. It's just a part of the human experience. Um, I'm not sure that's the way God intended it at the beginning, uh, but because of sin in the world, we now experience sadness and death and grief. And it's a common experience. Um, <clears throat> if you read some of the other versions, it says, Paul says, I do not want you to sorrow. Uh, as other people, uh, that's one of the, or uh, the message says, I don't want you to carry on like other people. Um, grief is, uh, it's an anguish, it's distress, it's heartache, it's sorrow. There's lots of different ways to say it. It's woe. It's what we experience following loss. And it can come in lots of different ways. As I was reading uh, through some of the information about grief, I found there are uh, I don't know how many things there are, but there are a lot of different things that can cause us grief. And the first one, of course, is death. When someone that we know, someone that we love passes away, we grieve. We, we just, yeah. You know, there's so many words that come to mind there. But we experience loss. And death is not the only thing that can cause us grief. I, listen to some of the things on this list. Estrangement. When we lose a relationship... Uh, sometimes because of distance, sometimes because of animosity, uh, whatever it might be. When we lose a relationship that's important to us, uh, it causes us to grieve. Uh, You know, when we break up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a marriage comes to an end or we have a fight with our best friend or our family member, it causes grief. So does financial loss or illness and an injury, or relinquishment, when we're forced to give up something like a dream, when we're forced to say, that can no longer be a part of my life, or that will no longer be a part of my life, it causes us grief. We're sad. We're a little bit diminished. There are a lot of other things, and this one includes all of us here today institutional losses. <laughs> Who would have thought a year ago at the beginning of 2022 that we as a church would find ourselves here in the fellowship hall instead of a sanctuary that so many people at this church have loved for so many years and was actually it was kind of pretty. But you walk in there now, is not so pretty. And as we we experienced Hurricane Ian, along with all the other things that happened in the year, we had a hurricane that damaged our building, that forced us to disrupt our community's way of life, that forced us into routines that we're not used to. Some of you, because of of that hurricane, lost homes, lost jobs. Lost a lot of things, but institutional losses as as a church, we've lost and we grieve, you know, you walk in and, and I've heard it over and over again because I've taken a a lot of people into the sanctuary to show them what's happened, you know, and they walk in and they, oh, it's so sad. Oh, I can't hardly stand it. It's an institutional loss, you know. I experienced an institutional loss yesterday, Michigan lost, (laughs) however on a bright note, Ohio State also lost, (laughs) sorry, Um, institutional losses, the death of a pet, a career loss, the loss of a limb, multiple issues, multiple losses, boy we've had that this year haven't we, all the things that we've lost in our lives from you know the covid things down through our personal losses uh, just all kinds of things loss uh, being unsuccessful in love can cause you to have grief holidays cause grief for for some folks and becoming an empty nester is also a source of grief there are just so many things that cause us grief and, and but paul says look it is a common experience but i don't want you to be uninformed about what happens after death? He says, it's the most common form of grief, one that we've all experienced at some point in time or another. But he says, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to, to, to not understand what's going to happen. He says, I want you to know that when we die, <clears throat> and it says when we are asleep in Christ in death, when we've died, when we're dead and buried, when we sleep in death, we can still have hope. We can still have hope. Beyond this present life, he says, I don't want you to be like other people who don't have anything to look forward to because this life is not all there is. Personally, I'm glad for that. Um, The older I get and the more it hurts, Uh, the more I kind of look forward to a time when there's no more pain and no more tears. But this life is not all there is. I've, over the years, done a lot of reading. I read things like psychology and sociology and anthropology. And you know, one thing I have discovered, that almost every culture that has a recorded history, and even some that don't, apparently have a belief in life after death. I don't know what part of us uh, that God created that uh, causes human beings to understand that life doesn't end when the heartbeat stops. There is something after this. Now, there's some debate about what that is among people. Some people think it's just annihilation. You go to sleep and that's the end of you. The Bible teaches us different. The Bible teaches us that there is life after death. There is a heaven and a hell. There is a place where those who believe in Christ can go and see those who have passed on before. Did you catch all that? Those who are asleep in Christ, those who have died. Basically, we're going to have a big family reunion. And it's going to be a good time. Paul says, I want you to understand that death is not the end. I want you to have hope. I want you to know that those who have died while believing in Christ will rise again, and we will be together again. And that's kind of the most important part. You say it real quick. I said, those who died in Christ. If you read verse 14 and and it says, we believe that Jesus died and after that God made him alive again. So we also believe that when Jesus comes back to earth, all the Christians that already died will come back with him. Jesus will bring them all back with him. Those who have died died in Christ, those who believe in Christ. There's the kind of separating point. Because we believe in Christ, because they believe in Christ, we will be reunited. That gives us hope that other people don't have. Now some people, you know, they'll, when a loved one dies, they say, well, you know, I kind of hope I'll see him again. You know, I, I don't know, you know. We can know that because that's the promise of God. That gives us hope. Um, the kind of hope that even in the midst of terrible tragedy can lift us up. Uh, many of you have probably heard of Steve, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Uh, he's a contemporary Christian uh, singer, songwriter. Uh, you hear his songs on the radio a lot. Uh, some of you may know his story that he had a daughter uh, that died in an accident a few years ago. Parents' worst nightmare, right? My child dies. And he was saying this not too awfully long ago. Our daughter Maria would have turned 16 today. And while this day has thankfully gotten a little less unbearable with the passing years, as our hearts have stayed anchored in the hope of God's promises that tell us the story is far from over, he says sometimes I still just need to write out what I'm thinking and feeling. You never forget. You never, grief never totally goes away. But he says, it's gotten a little less unbearable as our hearts have stayed anchored in the hope of God's promises. He went on to say that uh, he's so thankful that God picked him to be Maria's dad. And he added these words, and I cannot wait to see your sweet face again that's hope in the face of terrible tragedy and the tragedy of losing children is not only his experience but many of you are aware of the song it is well with my soul have you heard that any version of it ever heard that it was written by a guy named Horatio Spafford and it was back in the 1870s he was a very successful lawyer in Chicago and he had invested heavily in real estate in Chicago. Why do I keep emphasizing Chicago? The great Chicago fire, 1871. Destroyed his financial empire. Lost everything. And then um, he was in the process of trying to rebuild it. And, and uh, he and his family had uh, planned a vacation to Europe. Um, and then when he was in vacation, then he was going to go, and he was going to help Dwight Moody and Ira Sankey, who were holding gospel uh, conventions uh, uh, across the country. Uh, he had financially supported them, and he and his family were going to go and be with them, and help them out in their crusades, and uh, his business required that he Uh, Remain in Chicago for a while, but he wanted his family to go on ahead. So he put his wife and his four daughters on a ship bound for England. And uh, on November 22nd of 1873, the ship, the Ville de Havre, uh, struck another ship and sank in 12 minutes. It was a few days later that he received a telegram from his wife. Two words, saved alone. His four daughters had tragically lost their lives at sea. And it's uncertain. Uh, Some say that uh, Mr. Spafford wrote the words to the song, It Is Well With My Soul, uh, as he passed by the area where his daughters uh, had uh, lost their lives, or it may have been a while later. But uh, for a man who had tragically lost his family, to be able to write these words. A man who could say, when peace like a river attendeth my way, or when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate And has shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And Lord, haste the day when faith shall be sight. The clouds roll back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well. It is well with my soul. In the midst of terrible tragedy, he was able to write those words. It is well with my soul because he understood what Apostle Paul is saying here. There is hope after this life. But the important part again is that we believe in Christ who came to earth as a baby as we've just celebrated at Christmas time, that he lived a sinless life that he died on the cross and shed his blood for our sins and that he is coming back again someday. The end of this passage, Paul writes and I'm going to read to you from the New International It says, therefore, this is verse 18, after all Paul has said about the hope that we have through Christ, therefore encourage each other with these words. Some other translations say, reassure one another or encourage each other with these words. And so that's what I want you to do today. I want you to be encouraged to talk to each other about it, to help each other stay strong, to encourage and comfort one another in our times of loss and grief with the hope that we have in Christ. We're going to celebrate communion today as this is the first Sunday of the month and the first Sunday of the year. And as we do that, We celebrate communion because we remember that Jesus died and rose again and that he is coming back someday that we might be where he is. So, as we share together in the communion this morning, I want to encourage you and comfort you with the thought that even in the midst of your losses, whatever they may be, the Lord is present, the Lord has a plan. And someday we will reign with him on high. Let's pray together. Father, thank you um, for the words of hope. Uh, Father, some of us have endured almost unimaginable things in this last year. Losses upon losses. And yet, Lord, you've reminded us this morning that you're with us. And that someday, Lord, we will all be together in heaven in the presence of God. Thank you for these words of hope, Father. Help us to comfort and encourage one another as the days go forward. Help us as we celebrate the communion to remember that we have this privilege and this hope because Jesus died and rose again and is coming again. We give you thanks and praise in Christ's name. Amen.